It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News long awaited. Uh, haven't done news in what is, I think, probably a month, maybe three weeks. There's lots of news. Nothing earth shattering. Nothing groundbreaking, although I think we did break some ground on some temples say, and some other things. Well, that and that, isn't there some earthquakes somewhere in the okay, world? Okay, so too? it is both earth shattering and groundbreaking. I'm not covering any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm joined, as you can hear, by Mr. Mayor himself. Hello, sir. Howdy. How are you? Uh, there's a small contingent of people that went, Mr. Mayor, what happened to Brother Kyle? Well, if you have not yet listened to episode 545, that is the last episode that we'll do uh, with Brother Kyle. Uh, and and people have some feelings about that, so I want to take a, a moment or two here at the beginning of this episode to share some of the feedback. But, uh, Mr. Mayor, you said you just got barely got uh, done listening to that episode. So I put it off. I was... it. It was it was like I kept looking at the the episode and thinking well, if I listen to it that's the last time I'm gonna you know the first last time I'm gonna hear a new articles of news from I'm gonna cry <laughs> new articles of news from Brother Kyle and so I just wasn't doing it and then obviously I'm coming on here I'm like I better get on and at least have some idea of what was talked about but I can tell you see just like right now just talking to I'm allergic to that episode mm. uh, my eyes just keep watering if you haven't watched listened to it. Stop now. Stop paying attention to us. Just go listen to that, and then we'll come back to it. Yeah. To the, then yeah. come back to this. One. Do a hard pause and then come back. Uh, a lot of feels in that episode. Uh, definitely the hardest episode ever to record of the Cultural Hall, for sure. Um, and so I want to share, there was messages that came in from all over the place. And uh, I know that Brother Kyle will listen to this. Uh, and so I want to share the few that, that I have cobbled together here. Um, the first place that I started seeing some stuff show up is a couple people left um, some reviews for the cultural hall, which you can certainly do if you feel compelled to do so. 322 other people have, so why not you? That's what I want to know. Uh, TJ2 said, thank you for the episode today. Wow. God bless you, Brother Kyle. You are an amazing man. Thank you, Richie, for holding it together. That must have been a hard recording for you. Aloha. And he calls that uh, Kyle's last episode was heartfelt. Uh, and then craze or craze for paper. I'm guessing craze is what that uh, handle is. Said awesome show in podcast form, of course. I just wanted to send love and thanks to Brother Kyle. This episode had me laughing one minute and crying the next. We, that is the listeners of the Cultural Hall, love you and have appreciated your candor and sense of humor over the years. And especially now, much love to you your family, and your friends. Please save me a seat. And that's from Craze for Paper. And that was just uh, on the Apple Podcasts. There are other places. Someone went to theculturalhall.com. Carrie, actually, went to theculturalhall.com and sent this email via the contact form. Says, Richie, my heart is broken. I'm listening to Brother Kyle's last episode. I'm so sad that Kyle has ALS. I'm happy that he got married to his plus one. I'll miss him on your show in podcast form, and I hope he knows how much that he is loved. I've been listening for years and have followed Kyle's health journey as of late. Please tell him that I'm so sorry to hear this, and we'll be praying for him to continue his humor and strength. Misty-eyed in San Diego, Carrie Farns. So that was another message that we got. And then we shared this within 
uh, our uh, Patreon Facebook group, where if you want to do that, you want to be a part of the secret but not sacred Facebook group that we have created, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall and find us there. Uh, people, I shared the episode there and uh, the following people said uh, the following things. Uh, Debbie Wanless said, we love you, brother Kyle. Uh, Vicki Green Jarvis said, I loved how real this episode was. Godspeed, Brother Kyle. Be blessed. I've learned much from your warrior's heart. Uh, Carol Priest said, Why does Brother Kyle always make me laugh and cry? I'm so happy for him and so, so very sad. And I really want to see the pictures from the event, his wedding, of course. And I want to buy a T-shirt, which, you know, is prompting enough to let people know that if you go to uh, the link in our bio on Instagram, you can find a link to all of the stuff for Brother Kyle in addition to uh, theculturalhall.com, where if you go to the episode with Brother Kyle, we made a link to his GoFundMe, as well as how you can support him in the ALS uh, effort, as well as the, a look at the shirt. And we will share his photos from his wedding as soon as he gets them. Um, Angela Williams says, sending nothing but love for Brother Kyle and his family. Thank you for sharing your journey with all of us. It is truly a privilege. Catherine McDonald says, oh, Brother Kyle, I needed a a ton of tissues for this one. Congratulations on marrying your sweetheart. Uh, Mark Tanner said, I've never laughed and teared up so much listening to a podcast. This is a must-listen episode. The back row will never be the same without Brother Kyle. Bobby Jones says, with three... Uh, emojis just gushing in tears says this one was brutal Uh, Michael Bishop says I changed my reaction from sad to caring I just finished the episode and want to send my love to brother Kyle and your new bride you are a warrior I will miss your fun contributions to the show I don't know you personally but feel like I know you because of the cultural hall wishing you the best possible during your struggle with ALS thanks for the laugh and tears mostly the laughs Bobby says, where are those wedding pics? Bobby, will share them, I promise. And then Amy says, I'm going to miss hearing from Brother Kyle. His stories and perspectives have helped me strengthen my faith and be mindful of other people and their challenges over the years. Wishing you all the best, Kyle. Thank you for everything. I'll tell you that, you know, as a longtime listener of the show and uh, I've been a panelist now for, what, two years? Is that how long it's uh, been? Uh, I lose track of time. Uh, two years now. I, you know, I've... I've I've interacted with brother Kyle over articles and news episodes, several of them and um, through Facebook and other, other things. But I think the last, that last one said, I think a lot of us feel the same way as the last ones we've been hearing um, brother Kyle's voice and his honesty and his vulnerability and his humor for 10 plus years now. And if you were a fan of the X X 96 and beyond that, like, like, he he's been around in my life, just his voice for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, 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 it's quite, yeah, it, it's really, really hard. There's a, I wanted to read a quote. I've been thinking about it. It's, it's a quote that I've been thinking about is there was a newscaster named Tony snow who all he had cancer. Mm-hmm. He died of cancer. And the, one of his last things he said before he, he died was this, he says, I don't know why I have cancer. I don't much care. It is what it is, a plain and indisputable fact. Yet even while staring into a mirror darkly, great and stunning truths begin to take shape. Our maladies define a central feature of our existence. We are fallen. We are imperfect. Our bodies give out. But despite this, 
Because of it, God offers a possibility of salvation and grace. We don't know how to, the narrative of our lives will end, but we get to choose how to use the interval between. And all I can say, Richie, is I am pleased with what I've experienced of what Brother Kyle has done with the interval between. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think he, you know, it's, it's an inspiration that he's uh, to, to all of us. And it's, it's just such, such a sad thing to see what he's going to be going through. But what a cool thing to hear about his wedding mm-hmm. and how joyous and amazing it was. It, yeah, it, it was literally I'm at work today listening on and off between meetings and I have to get onto new meetings and like totally like, like, you know, I'm like getting onto a call. I'm, I'm doing my, my tears while I'm trying to get onto a call so that I can get off and then cry more while I, while I hear, hear him again. So. I mean, an amazing person to know him as a as a friend and then to bring him into this space and to be able to share, you know, so many laughs with him. And then, you know, subsequently, so many tears with him, particularly in that episode, but other times as well. So on my Facebook page today, I said something. I can't remember what it, what it was. It was some dumb thing because that's what I always do on Facebook. Uh, sure. And it was and I can't even remember what it was, but his comment. um this morning, as I, I, I woke up and I saw, you know, I was calling out something that I I, uh, I should do, and I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, over my dead body. Uh-huh. And he's, he's just, he's, he's, uh, um, he, he's just a class act. And yeah. he is just, it's, it's amazing. We're putting brain on how we can immortalize him within uh, episodes of the Cultural Hall. Got a few ideas. I don't want to uh, spoil those for anybody. Um, but looking at a couple of things uh, that we can do so that he continues to be with us, which, by the way, he is still with us. He'll be the first to remind everyone he's still alive, everybody. It's <laughs> yeah, not we're like, not having a funeral. Today. Yeah, yeah, we're not having a funeral today. But thinking of, of ways that we can incorporate him into the future and, you know, in that horrible day in the future after he passes, how it can continue uh, to have a, a piece of Brother Kyle in it. Got a couple of fun ideas. Haven't decided on anything, so I don't want to share that. Um, anything beyond that. I don't know that I feel super inclined to share anything that's been going on with me after all of that. Do you have anything that people need to know about you, Mr. Mayor? No, nothing important enough to talk about beyond that. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, then let's take a break because we've got a ton of news. We're going to blow through just gobs and gobs of news stories uh, to get everyone up and current. Uh, you may hear some stuff within this news episode since it's been so long since we've done news that you're like, wasn't that a... Yeah, it was. It was a while ago, but it's worth covering and weighing in on what we feel about it. We'll come back and do that in the second half of Articles of News. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails with feedback from customers. Here's one. Dear Dan, I just had the best experience ever. I bought a computer from Shane at your State Street store. I asked several what I thought were really stupid questions. 
Shane was super courteous and made me feel comfortable through the whole process. People need to understand how important it is to support a local company, especially when your experience is so good. PC Laptops really does love me. Signed, satisfied. I love hearing feedback like that. It really just gives me the chills. It's the whole reason why I got into the computer business in the first place. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop for as low as $7.99, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. That means if anything goes wrong, we're going to take care of you. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we really do love you. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. All right, we're going to see how good of a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints you are, Andrew. Okay. How many of these movies have you seen? Oh, this will determine it, huh? These are available uh, that people can stream for uh, via Tubi TV. Are these to be added to my Temple Recommend interview questions? <laughs> yeah, have you seen the following? And depending on the percentage that you get, uh, here we go. Are you ready for this? We'll go yep. quick. America's Choir, the story of the Tabernacle Choir. Seen it or no? No. American Prophet, the story of the Prophet Joseph Smith. Have. I've seen that one. 16 Stones. No. American Mormon. No. Bell and the Beast, a Latter-day Tale. I refuse. Charlie. <laughs> yes. Child Bride of Short Creek. Oh, no. The Cokeville Miracle. Yes. Down and Derby. No. Emma Smith, my story. No, but I should see that last one. How about Ephraim's Rescue? No, the but errand, that, I should see that one. The too. Errand of Angels. Uh, yes. The Falls and The Falls, A Testament of Love. No. <laughs> the Falls, A Covenant of Grace. No. The Fighting None Preacher. None of the Falls. The Fighting Preacher. No, and I I need to so I can see like your head for like 30 seconds. Thank right? you. It's like three seconds, not... Uh, how about Freetown? Nope. Just Let Go. Nope. The Last Descent. Nope. Latter Days. Nope. Meet the Mormons. Yes. Mobsters and Mormons. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> the Mormons. Uh, no. Once I was a beehive. Yes. Once I was engaged. Uh, no. I saw Once I Was a Beehive because we you just recently did the Once I Was Engaged episode, and I went and watched Once I Was a Beehive, but I haven't watched the Once I Was Engaged. One Man's Treasure. No. Out of Liberty. No. Passage to, Jer to Zarahemla. No. Saints and Soldiers. Yes. Saints and Soldiers, Airborne Creed. No. Saints and Soldiers, The Void. I didn't know there were two others. There's, no. Yeah, there's three. Uh, the Saratov Approach. Yes. 17 Miracles. Yes. Singing with Angels. Nope. 16 Stones. Nope. Spirit you already of, said that one. Spirit of the Game. Nope. Suits on the Loose. Yes. Same Sex Attracted. No. That rounds out the list. 36 Latter-day Saint centric films available on Tubi TV. That's three wow. days of programming. If you sat, down I have and a lot. To catch I have up. a lot to to catch up on. I, mean, I said no quite a bit. I'm. I would not make if those were really part of the demo recommend interview. I wouldn't be there. They are not letting you in. Uh, what story do you have? Uh, so former Governor Mike Levitt is now the president of uh, the. The Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. That's still hard for me to say. I still want to say Mormon Tabernacle. Um, Ron Jarrett, who served as president since August 2012, is no longer. And it's now Mike 
Michael O. Levitt, the guy who signed my uh, my my de degree for Western Governors University. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if he signed it. He just spoke at the, the thing. Um, anyway, so yeah. So he's now the new temple temple president. Just not, in not time. temple president. The tabernacle I'm choir. Sorry, tabernacle tabernacle choir. But it's similar to it. it if you look at the article, it's, they talk about how it's similar to a mission presidency. His wife becomes uh, his, uh, he gets two counselors. His wife is also called in the same way a mission president's wife would be called. And it makes sense. It's, it's, a, it's a mission to the world when you're talking about the, the, the tabernacle choir at Temple Square. Um, that's still just hard. Um, what his, one of his very first things that he had to do is, is um, my, my second uh, I'm going to do two right in a row. Sorry. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. Is that the choir, he had to delay the rehearsals and the return to live broadcast due to the, the Delta variant and, and everything coming out. So they have delayed those as of August 20th, which means it doesn't say when they'll be back. I don't think they know exactly. And I think they were getting ready to, to start coming back to live and there, correct me if I'm and, wrong. There's some yeah. sort of uh, organized concert for September 11th, the 20th um, remembrance of the September 11th um, tragedy. Yes, and I it hasn't doesn't say in the article whether they for sure canceled that or if that's still kind of pending. But um, it was scheduled. Everything was scheduled to begin on August 26th, and they've delayed it. So my guess is September 11th is is out but i don't know we'd have you'd have to, we'd have to I could, well I and there there's also some thought i think that it was like different parts from other things that they've done in the past and they were just going to put it together as a remembrance maybe some oh, okay. pre-recorded stuff I, I don't i don't know i i, some, I can tell that you're searching like piping up yeah piping up organ concerts will be there on the september 11th and it doesn't say it doesn't say that there was a live anything. So my guess is if they do something, it's pre-recorded. Uh, you know, speaking of COVID, a uh, lot of discussion. Uh, obviously, general conference in October will be from the conference center, as I understand it. But it's, are we live tweeting again? Uh, of course. Make sure that you okay. follow at the cultural hall on Twitter so that you can get all of our live takes from um, general conference. But uh, it, it will not be attended in person by anyone, all online. Uh, and it's been long enough since we've talked about the news for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that the whole announcement of Saturday evening coming back is is news. We have not reported on that. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. So it left and came back. Yeah, and I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't understand. Okay. Welcome back, Saturday evening session. I think that the, the change came. What they decided to do was get rid of the two separate sessions. The women's conference and the priesthood conference and that was the first that was just the first thing and so they just got rid of it and then over time they realized but they it doesn't mean we can't have a, a conference we just you know we just won't necessarily have to always be a priesthood or women's centered so they can still do it but it's not it's just a saturday evening session instead of a women's session or the men's session they're able to kind of because I, I, I'm grateful that's what they've, they've, they've kind of leveled the playing field a lot in a lot of ways like that. They've brought us more close together instead of separating us, which yeah. is, which is good. It, it is an interesting thing though. Why didn't they, if they were going to make the choice, why didn't they just change it? Like when they were yeah. saying like, Hey, we're going to get rid of it. Just say, listen, everybody, I know that the conception is, is that this is, 
you know, or the perception is that this is all just, you know, either the man session or the woman session, and we're just going to make it the one. I'm curious to know if it, if like, if the scenario was they did it and then like something was unsettled with them in the in them and they were like, hey, we have to meet, or like if it there's seems go- like some additional prayer came about. It seems like when they they announced the second session that, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure of this that that with through through great prayer they decided. We still want to do that session. It just won't be the, the same way. Yeah. And a lot of people with speculation, of course, because whenever there's anything, we love to speculate, thinking that maybe this will be the opportunity that now they'll open it up for more women to be able to speak, or maybe there will be um, a different sort of fair for the uh, the topics that will occur on Saturday night, maybe family-focused, or you yeah. know, they, they may adopt some sort of theme that way, but only time will tell. Um, and speaking, well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really, I, you know, once they started moving everything and putting it broadcasting on YouTube, I, I'm annoyed because, you know, when I was a kid, I had to sit through those priesthood sessions. My dad would drag me up there and I'd sit through them so I could get ice cream afterwards. Yeah. Did you guys go to ice cream or did you have it at the no, church? Sometimes, sometimes we wouldn't, but yeah, it was at the church often, but sometimes my dad would be like, no, let's just go. Yeah. I'm like, come on. I just sat through two yeah. hours. Simply to, you know, and to me at the time, I barely listened. Sure. Yeah, it was an <laughs> endurance. Like, oh, another old guy's talking. Another old guy's talking. Yeah, it was endurance so you could get ice cream at the end of yep, it. Yep, it was yeah. an ice cream endurance. Yep, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, speaking of ice cream and or ice cream endurance, this you like this, this shoehorn <laughs> segue? Yeah. Uh, this particular story has a, a picture of the cougar eat. That's how I can shoehorn this in. Um, BYU returning to campus uh, with the the uh, mandate of wearing masks. So at BYU, which is where the day job is, um, they are they are asking within any uh, indoor uh, opportunities and where social distancing cannot be accomplished to wear masks. We were all asked that as faculty, staff, as students asked to report our vaccination status, right? Uh, it was a uh, well. That'll be that'll anger a lot of people in Provo. Mm-hmm. They'll have to carry a mask so they can throw it on when they're going on to BYU, so they can take it off immediately when they get off. Campus. Right, right, right. Well, sure. And it was anonymous, but a lot of people pretty up in arms that that would be the encouragement. We thought that maybe we were past it. There's some statistics that are, have said, hey, you know what? The percentage of students, especially that are vaccinated is pretty high. So if this isn't enough, what does it have to be in order for people to not have to wear masks? Um, but but certainly a, a conversation. I know within Education Week, there were a lot of people that were wearing masks on uh, on campus. To that, I've got an Education Week uh, article. Might as well talk about it. Please that. and thank you. Uh, well, of course, that was not... Um... It wasn't the first one I threw up there. Um, there was they talked about mental illness. So during Education Week, there were three mental health experts that taught um, about anxiety, perfectionism, and religious OCD and depression. So um, some of the some of the key discussions, which I find, you know, find I'm grateful that they're having these conversations because you know, growing up, I don't think um, many of these things were were often thought of or considered in the church and often someone who was going through that that i mean you know we we feed someone who has toxic perfectionism and that and drives that way we create worse things for people with ocd when they have the religious 
added aspect. I have a friend who who used to have these major issues because he, we found out he had OCD later on because of things that he perceived were things in the church. Now he would have found something else, but it's just we we make it worse, and then because of the religion, we I think we 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 uh, we we add, basically throw throw gas on a yeah, fire, amplify it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's grateful that we're able to talk about these things. And uh, Elder Razband um, said, when our father in heaven said, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortal, immortality, eternal life of man. He was talking about all of his children, you in particular, talking about those with those with um, um, anxiety and uh, toxic, you know, all the, the, the mental Ill- illnesses that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to highlight that as part of education week. That was, a uh, that was talked about. I want to talk a little bit about money real quick. I got two stories as far as this goes. Uh, the church's quote, secretive $100 billion. Uh, they cashed out their game stop profits and, uh, stopped in investing in Tesla by about 13%. Uh, according to a report uh, for a second quarter. Uh, apparently now there is some sort of filings or some sort of report that in the past we weren't able to get access to, but because of um, of a change in either the rules or the law or the observance of the rules and the law, uh, Ensign Peak Advisors or Ensign Peak Advisors, depending on which side of that argument you'd like to have. Uh, Now we will get these every three months where you'll get the headline, something similar to the Mormon church is secretive. And then it will talk about whatever we've invested in, in the last little while. Uh, People certainly apparently so secretive that we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the point that I made. Uh, Some people don't care. Other people feel like, Oh man, that think of all that, that money could do. And still other people are like, good, good for my church making billions of dollars taking the money and multiplying it and being able to have that there for, you know, for other folks in the event that we need it. I should also mention, uh, I, t- I said only two stories, but there will be three. Um, the lawsuit continues with James Huntsman um, and the church. Uh, that has basically opened up a little bit to where it appears that um, the money, uh, as it was said, President Hinckley, uh, back in the time of the uh, City Creek Mall said no tithing money was used to fund this mall, and it appears more and more that the money that was used to build the City Creek Mall was not tithing money, but was the interest and or uh, investment earnings from tithing money to build the City Creek Mall. There are some people that take great issue with that, some people that feel like it's splitting hairs, and other people who say, until the church tells me that that's how it actually occurred, I'm not going to believe any other story. But that's <laughs> sort of come out more. There was a lot of people that when that when uh, the mall was first announced, when the mall was constructed, when the mall was finished, uh, that felt like that was where the money was coming from. Uh, but it seems to be more, more and more confirmed that that is, in fact, how they were able to pay for the City Creek Mall, uh, which leads to the next story, which uh, the 10 most wealthy members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not me. Yeah, not not me. I looked, I said, Mr. Mayor, is he on this list? And uh, no, no, he's not. He is actually not here. There are some people that I recognize, uh, certainly, and others that I don't. Uh, James L. Sorensen, according to this, is the richest Mormon in the world. He created a medical device development company um, and also 
Uh, he sold the company to Abbott Labs for billions of dollars. I've heard of Abbott Labs, but I haven't heard of him. Uh, also, Sorensen Media, a renowned video compression company. Uh, are they are they related? Uh, oh, he owns both. He owns both of them. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So then went over into that. Uh, an individual I had no idea who this is, Sid Bass, or Bass, depending. Uh, he received a bass. large. We're music. We're music people. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's slap at the bass. It's slap at the bass. <laughs> Uh, Sid Bass Bass received a large inheritance from his oil millionaire great uncle Sid Richardson. In addition, since then he's been branching out. Richard Rainwater, a well-known investor, has benefited from Bass's guidance. Uh, he's worth 2.8 billion. Uh, Richard Peary is a Silicon Valley real estate mogul uh, at 2.8 billion. Jim Gennard. Uh, he's one of the richest Mormons in the world. That's the words that I'm reading from this article. I'm, he can be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but this article calls him a Mormon. Oh, why don't they do me that way? I mean, I could just say I'm, I have $2.8,000. Yeah. I mean, they could say you have $2.8,000 because that's how much money you have. <laughs> uh, Jim Jannard, I didn't know this, or Jannard, you know, Oakley sunglasses. Oh, right. I yeah. didn't know that. Invented by a Mormon guy. I had no idea. Well, that makes sense. That's why they're all over Park City, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's worth 2.7. And I'll, they, I have the top 10. You can find the link in the show notes. I'll just go to five. Richard Marriott of the uh, host hotels and resorts. Well, you get to five. The first one I know. Yep. $2.3 billion. What else do you have? The LDS ch Church has pushed leaders to and, and updated their uh, official handbook to deal with refugees. And mm. this is an important principle. Uh, I I don't know if you guys talked about this because I, I didn't get to the part where you and Kurt Frankham talked about the handbook changes last time. So if you didn't, go back and watch the articles of news. Did well, you guys? I, I appreciate that you say that because we actually didn't throw it in. It felt inappropriate oh. to put it in that episode. So coming up at the end of this, we'll visit with Kurt Frankham oh, about the... Perfect. Uh, about the handbook changes, but feel free to highlight the thing that you think specific. And then at the end of this episode, we'll share that update. Yeah. I was just want to highlight that they they've updated some of the, the handbook about refugees and, and how we're, how we deal with them. And I, um, I think that's very appropriate. It's, it seems like almost, you know, it obviously had to occur starting months ago, but now it's, 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 it's extremely topical since, um, uh, refugees from Afghanistan are going to be coming over. The Afghanistan situation has been really crazy. Terrible. Um, but I was, it, what I thought was interesting. Uh, I, first of all, I liked that it was called, I was a stranger campaign. What a great, great way of describing it. And then um, I was talking to someone in my ward and, and the church's refugee program during COVID has really slowed down, but that doesn't mean the work has slowed down. There's in, in your neighborhood, it likely is supported by the church, but often will be through um, some other source. You probably can find it out through JustServe.org or other 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 situations like that. But they are they're like I was talking to a lady in our ward who they basically go and uh, they were asking for supplies. We brought my wife went over to a dollar store and other places and got. All these supplies we took to them and it turns out they they go and house these people they set up all these housing and everything else for them so this is going on in your neighborhood if it's going on here it's going on there um and and the church is supporting it but they but during covid they backed away from the direct 
where they had their own organizations doing it. So they're, I think they're just giving money to some of these other organizations. So find your organization in your neighborhood and help as these refugees are, are coming in because they, they need us. And, and like you say, I mean, so many needs beyond Afghanistan, but if you have turned your eyes at all to any of the coverage coming out of Afghanistan, just, I mean, those are people that are going to get here and are going to need places to, to be able to settle and to, to try and adjust on some level. Uh, and I know that the governor of the state of Utah, former guest of the Cultural Hall, Spencer Cox, has said, let us know what we can do to help. How how we may yeah. how may we be able to assist those that come to this country and stand up guy? You know, when you see the stuff from the Berlin Wall era where people were th- jumping over the wall and throwing their kids over the wall and doing things like that, it first of all it's black and white and it seems so long ago mm-hmm. that it almost seemed unreal. And then to sit and watch some of those same tragic kind of desperate behaviors going on with people as they were as they're trying to get out of Afghanistan as the Taliban are taking over. I am just, um, I, I don't even know. I don't, I'm speechless about all that. And, and if I, if there's anything I can do to help help, I, I I'm going to try, I don't know what it would be, but if you, if you think you can, please jump, jump in and help. Uh, kind of going along that with that, a Houston shelter has opened its doors to hundreds of migrants who are free of the coronavirus after an overflow facility at a Catholic church mission in, in I'm sorry, Catholic church in Mission, Texas, suspended its operations due to a case of COVID-19. The Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church, which since February has offered to house an increasing number of asylum-seeking migrants released by federal officials, uh, was temporarily closed. And the church set in and said, yeah, let, let them come here. Well, how's them? Put them up here, please, and thank you. I think that anything that we can do to ease the pain and suffering of anyone in any form, in any fashion, is the thing that we should do. And I, I know that there are other feelings around that particular topic, but I think caring for and, and seeing to the needs of an individual is most likely going to be the side we should err on. There's a, a new animated series targeting suicide prevention that kicks off and it kicked off officially on YouTube. So go check it out. It's called My Wife, Life, My Wife, My Life is Worth Living. And it's it's done by a Utah-based Cook Center for Human Connection and Wonder Media. And so it, it follows five animated characters who have at least one struggle, everything from you know suicide thoughts, including uh, because of bullying or sexual identity or sexual abuse, all all the way through mental illness and everything else. It's, it's to combat suicide um, and, and pr- uh, provide um, people with understanding and resources so they can, they can get help if they need to. So yeah, check that out. Um, I don't know if it directly has anything to do with the church, but it is Utah based. Hmm. And I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, you want to talk temples a little bit? Let me queue up a couple. And then I'll let you. I'll let you deliver the temple. You called dibs on. I know. For I sure. called it out just uh, because it was the first one I I had. <laughs> the uh, Mesa and Pocatello temples. Uh, you can get tickets now online for those open houses. And the Washington D.C. temple uh, also uh, getting ready to onboard people. That will be a huge, very, very long open mm-hmm. house period. From the 28th, this is the Washington, D.C. Temple, from the 28th of April all the way until the 4th of June. Just massive wow. as far as the, the amount of time that that will occur. A lot of people looking forward toward Mesa. That open house uh, will go 
from October 16th until November 20th. And Pocatello goes from uh, the 18th of September all the way until the 23rd of October. So no matter where you live in the country, there are three great open houses uh, to be able to see some temples. And a groundbreaking for the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania temple. Um, that uh, it has been broken. It happened, uh, well, it looks like the 21st of August is when, uh, um, yep, so Saturday, 21st of August, groundbreaking, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania temple. So there's one there. Um, so my buddy who lives there, he's going to have a temple. Good for so, him. Yep. Was he going to Philadelphia beforehand, probably? Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know where he's going. You don't know where what temple your buddy goes to? No, I don't. I don't sit and say, "Hey, hey, how are you doing? What temple do you go to?" Well, you should. Well, you <laughs> I should. should. You should. I guess Andrew. I should. I really should. consider this your call to repentance. It's apparently my all my friends out there. Yeah. The next time I talk to all of you, yeah, I'm going to be asking, "Which temple do you go to?" Now, do you know where Mormon Row is? Have you ever heard of that before? Why do I know that? That sounds familiar. Uh, go it's, ahead. It's up by Jackson Hole. It's technically in Grand Teton National Park. And what it is, is it's a, a row of old Mormon settlement homes. It's there sort of at the foothill or the foot of the Tetons. Um, and in addition to being a historic district, it's also obviously a couple hundred years old and things are starting to deteriorate. Uh, the folks over at Zion's Bank, or if you're from out of the state of Utah, you go Zion Bank. And you always say Zion's for the National Park and Zion for the bank uh, have decided to uh, donate $25,000 to help restore the six homesteads um, that date back as far back as 1895. It made the National Register of Historic Places in 1997, but it's just a, a, a cute little row of things that have been in, in disrepair and, and so people are honing up a little bit of cash to say, you know what, these are valuable and we want to have them stick around. So if you're ever in the Wyoming area, worth checking out, which segues handily, almost like I'm a professional who knows what he's doing, to this story. Yeah, like you do this during the day or something. Yeah. A Wyoming man is suing the Mormon church, claiming some of its leaders breached unwritten contracts with his grandmother, the late painter Minerva Teichert about the display and ownership of several of her works. Tim Teichert alleges in a complaint filed in federal court in late July that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints wrongfully moved and assumed ownership over a set of his grandmother's paintings that were displayed in church buildings across Utah, Idaho, and the artist's native Wyoming. But the church says it does own the paintings in question and their copyrights. According to Teichert, Minerva made spoken agreements with the church as far back as 1955 that loaned or donated the paintings on conditions governing where they were be to be displayed. Teichert says that the agreements did not transfer ownership of the paintings to the church. The lawsuit states that the deals also stipulated that if the artwork was ever moved or taken down from their agreed-upon locations, they would be given back to Minerva Teichert or her heirs. The suit names four paintings that were reportedly removed between 2014 and 2020 from a ward house in Minerva's hometown of Cokeville, uh, home of the Cokeville Miracle, uh, as well as eight other paintings displayed at church buildings in Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, and Mexico. Now the artist's grandson is asking the court to rule that the paintings should be returned to the Teichert family. Teichert also states that the family owns copyrights to three of the four Cokeville paintings. Anyway, so that, that has only begun. We don't have the uh, settlement in that case. 
Um, interesting to see how that all rolls out, especially since you know the whole Manti Temple thing happened in April, where some of the Minerva Tigers uh, paintings were on the walls, and there was a big deal about that. And I'm really glad the way they chose not to. I mean, they're still going to have to do some demolition to that to, to update the temple, but minimal as possible. And then they're building another temple so that they don't have to to destroy much of what was going to be there. So. And if you listen to old articles of news, you can remember how I said, hey, they'll probably build another temple or they'll be able to keep the Manti temple as kind of a, a, you did. You a historic temple before they announced it. You uh, did. You called that out. Interesting Way to, to note, and this is just sort of a side note about Minerva Tykert that I thought was interesting. She donated a series of paintings to BYU in exchange for free tuition for her heirs. Really? Yeah. Said, "Hey, I'm gonna. I'll give you a bunch of these. Take them, but I want anyone that's a descendant of mine to be able to get free tuition." Wow. Like anyone who's a descendant. Like well, how far I mean, does I'm that sure. Go? I'm sure there's some sort of limit, but you know, here, take all these things. Let my kids go to college here for free. Wow. That's crazy. Do we want to talk about the crappy one, the crappy article? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, I mean, the sure. Desnat story. Ah, sure, sure. So there's, you know, the, the Desnats have been, the Deseret Nationalist Movement has been getting uh, some media coverage through the new, the new, the Guardian. Um, and it, the Guardian uh, recently uh, exposed the Attorney General in Alaska about some racist and violent tweets on a Desnat Twitter account that, he owned, and he uh, subsequently has. I think it's um, the is it it's the assistant attorney general, right? Or was it the, the full? Or was the, it the attorney the general? No, you're yeah. right. Suppose you're. I missed the assistant part. The you're assistant fine. attorney general, and uh, so he's he's stepped down. And there's a there's a blog post, but yeah, they're calling out a lot of these these Desnat uh, people, and it, it's interesting because I I don't know the stuff I see at Desnat is so abhorrent, but I doubt that all the people involved have in are 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 feeling like it ha is is the worst of them but the stuff i see are the worst of them and that's the stuff i see on twitter and everything else sure so it, it it's too bad that this is kind of tainting what we're doing in the church and and i i get it i get that there's um a need a desire for people to hold to what they know is true and which is i think the the basic of what the desnat Kind sure. of why a lot of people ad ad adhere to that, but this takes it so beyond that, and to not just hold to true, take take concepts of the church that we hold dear and twist them to racist and violent, uh, you know, racist and um, sexist and um, bigoted um, ideas. Yeah, it, the Desnet thing is an interesting thing for me. In that, I mean, let's just. Let's illustrate this in kind of a, a ridiculous way. If um, if I, for whatever reason, on Twitter in my profile, you know, I had the hashtag crayon holder, right? Let's say crayon holder. And there were a group of people that I was like, yeah, I believe similar to other crayon holders, right? I don't, mm -hmm. there's nothing to, I just picked whatever thing I could think of and then did it. There's no sort of meaning with crayon holder. But then... If, if for me personally, if, if even probably one person, maybe it would take a couple, but if there were a couple of people that had in their profile crayon holder and were being horrible to other people, 
I don't know that I would continue to 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 have that as you know as like a, an identifier as part like of me and my profile. Started becoming a situation where if you if you didn't hold crayons, you were less of a person. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so like like we used to tease my mom because the daughters of the Utah Pioneer because you know we the daughters of the Utah Pioneers are obviously a historic group that do. So, but we used to say, hey, it's 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 a group that's trying to 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 cleanse anyone who's not you know <laughs> truthfully if any of these organizations which start wonderfully and and maybe start based on some real true true things uh, the basic concept of Des- desert national when you read about some a lot of it's not necessarily that far off of what i believe in the sense that where a lot of people like they, they, they just are trying to uphold the, the values of the church, right. Is what they call out. Mm-hmm. But what, what actually comes out of it is uh, violent talk, harassment, uh, you know, intolerance to others. And actually it flips it on the head and it turns the, the teachings of the church against itself. Mm-hmm. And right? it, in its very nature, people. it takes everything that, that I hold dear to the church Especially yeah. the idea of agency and allowing people to pick to do whatever they choose to do, however they choose to do, and they will have the responsibility for it. Yeah, and just and just seems to just take it in a in a wrong way. So, to all the point of the crayon holder was it would not take much for me when someone you know acted out under a name that was similar or that someone could say, "Hey, I see that you are." on some small variation the same as that other person i'm out i would not be a part of that and so to those that sort of defend it i just am like nope gone desnat is not the thing that you think it is and the people that are like oh but it's not nope it is it now is it is identified as such it is the thing people look at it as the thing it is grouped as the thing that that time for it to mean anything else besides what it does now is gone uh, other things that I think are sort of interesting, and I appreciate you kind of bringing that one up, uh, on a uh, duh story, did you know that the first baby born in the city of La- Las Vegas was a Latter-day Saint? No, but I could have guessed. Yeah, same here. <laughs> it was discovered by, or not discovered, but like settled, so I, so I guess you could argue if you talk about Native Americans within the space, but, you know, ethnocentric. Yeah, I was know, just thinking that. Yeah, I'm like Eurocentric. You know. I guess if you call it. Actual Las Vegas from when it became a settlement. Sure. 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 But if you talk about the geographical area, I think you'd have a lot of. Yeah, there's Native a lot Americans. of dispute as, as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, but is a member of the church and now there's a placard to that person? Okay. But that was uh, at least significant to make a, enough to make a story. Uh, other one that's sort of old timey but become new, I thought was interesting. Sarah Bingham, who owns Antique Sugar down in Phoenix, has a locket that is believed to be from the 1800s with a photo that resembles Brigham Young, the second president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Bingham says that her father, who is a retired jeweler, purchased the piece from an LDS member in Pine Top, that's Arizona also, about 10 years ago, and gave the lock to his daughter to sell. She says, I put it on Instagram, and then just for fun, I googled Brigham Young just to see, and I was like, oh, So I deleted the post right away, and I've just been doing some researching here and there. Bingham says she eventually decided to go back to the Internet and ask around. She says, we've had a lot of people in the church say that it is definitely Brigham Young. I thought one of the women looked a lot like one of his wives, so I posted that side by side, too, like Eliza Snow in the picture in the locket. And then a couple of people were like, I don't think that's Eliza Snow. 
Bingham has spoken to a historian and historical photographer and is hoping to get more answers. Says in continuance, I'd like somebody that knows more about researching this stuff to tell me yay or nay on this. I mean, my dad wanted me to sell it originally, so I, I, I guess we'd like to sell it. So it's an interesting thing that they don't know who that person is or isn't. Uh, on both sides of that locket. But just the very thing that you're picturing in your mind, the mystery of the locket, the dad bought it from some random person in Pine Top, Arizona, and then years later it's discovered, you know, the only thing that would make it better is if it's the great-great-great-grandson who happened into the antique shop and saw himself and in the locket. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Well, that's me. I, oh, it's not me. It's my grandpa. My great, great grandpa. And then obviously knows nothing about the church. So then he becomes on a quest to find not only more about his grandpa, but joins the church. Yeah. And finds out he married his uh, his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's a that's an interesting plot twist for that. I, I, just go, I was, I was going to recommend. I was going to recommend it. I was to going TC, the whole Greek tragedy. Yeah, I was going to recommend it to TC Christensen and tell the marrying his cousin thing. But I guess we could still get that to work. <laughs> uh, what else do you have? What other stories? I don't have anything. I don't have anything else. I'm. 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 I'm then, tapped out. Then I can blow through these pretty quick. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, wait a minute, church that is now changing the. You know, we've gone back to wearing all masks in church." Uh, yep. there's not anyone at the door that says you can't come in without a mask, but there is an email every week that goes, if you're attending in person, we'd encourage you to wear a mask. And we don't have anything official, but uh, most people are just doing it. Right. Uh, it's gone from urge to insist to mandate, depending on, you know, the area that you live in and, and the church is certainly well, they got just, some backlash. They just put out the goes. Pfizer, Pfizer apparently just got FDA approval. So mandates will hold a little bit more once they have FDA approval. So. Yeah, because before it was FDA approval, but emergency use approval. Now they're issued under a fully something, something, something. Yep. They think that may sway some people, um, but certainly the the vaccine no. has been available Mo for a while. Most of the most of the anti-vaxxers are going to stay. At, that's not that's not going to change. Right. That. Right. But certainly some are like, well, I want to make sure the testing is. Oh, the testing has been done. I think there will be a small. Not yeah, substantial, yeah, sure but a, a small people. a small group of people that'll say, "Okay, we got that." Uh, if you are looking to come to uh, you know the state of Utah, maybe around General Conference time, maybe your name is Andrew Mayer, you can know that the Church History Museum and the Beehive House are both reopen over on Temple Square. So, so you can. Is the Beehive Restaurant, did that ever close? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Those. I know you're after, oh no, the Lion House is the Rolls. What are you after oh, in the Beehive lies. House? Oh, you're right, the Lion House. Yeah. It was the Lion House. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rolls, that's what yeah. I was. Oh my goodness, and the brownies. Mm. And in the and in Christmas time, the drinking chocolate. Uh, oh. Wish it were Christmas right now. I could have a roll and some drinking chocolate. I love Christmas. Have We've talked about that. Yeah, have you ever written a book about it? I know, it's yeah. like I, I yeah. <laughs> oh, you have? Oh, well, maybe I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. Um, the churches here in Utah, because it's a drought, uh, got called to repentance over water-hogging lawns. Uh, this uh, obviously will continue to be an issue in perpetuity. The church is under a microscope in the state of Utah, obviously because there are so many of them, but also because of drought conditions, recently sort of uh, relieved a little bit because of some of the rain we've been getting. But the idea that all the neighborhoods and people within the neighborhoods have been encouraged to not water their lawn, and then you come upon a church with pristine green grass 
and you and know it's probably watering during the day too yeah. right well and and also that but just the idea of listen let's let's not do as much turf let's do this a different way and so churches uh, all over um, but especially here in the state of Utah looking at what they have uh, as far as you know grass compared to other things and and trying to be a little bit more wise um, with their water use. Um, the man who robbed the Latter-day Saint missionaries up in uh, Idaho has been sentenced. Uh, as, as part of a plea agreement, he will go back to prison. Um, he's also going to... Didn't he, didn't he rob them thinking they, they had drugs? Yeah, in the backpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, said, I'm going to take your drugs. He said, okay. this seems like a good get. Clearly, these guys can't be as clean cut as they appear to be um he got the he got the gummy bears that they were carrying in their back when these have something in them yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the he the guy is also and his name is spencer blanchett 33 years old um will spend up to a year on a writer program which allows him to receive different treatment programs in jail and then he can decide whether or not to send him back to prison or complete their sentence or release him on probation so hopefully getting some help uh, as far as that goes. Also, this, uh, a Glendale, this also in Arizona, police officer Lonnie Durham uh, died from complications of COVID-19. He was a member of the church and only 42 years young. During his service, Lonnie Durham was awarded a Medal of Valor and a life-saving award, according to the department. Uh, Lonnie was a joy to be around, and everyone who worked around him would tell you the same. He survived by his four children and his wife. You can find a link in the show notes if you want to donate to that family. Certainly a sad circumstance. This just sort of an odd story. Uh, Tim Meadows, do you know who that is? The guy from Saturday Night Live? Right. There is uh, um, an odd thing. Uh, I, I think that it's a TV show. Maybe something that it will be streamed. It's called Miracle Workers Oregon Trail. Oh, Miracle Workers is funny. It's on uh, HBO Max. And uh, Tim Meadows is part of it as the prophet Jedediah. Also, Steve Buscemi's in it, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and apparently it has some engagement on some level uh, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or certainly back then, the Mormons. I, I have no idea. I have not seen it. I don't know what the show is about. I'm not giving it any sort the of first endorsement. Season, I, never, I didn't quite finish it, but the first season was really funny. So it is really good. It has Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, it's from it's Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. But it's basically kind of like, what if heaven was a business and organization? And so there, it, it, it's really, as long as you don't take it too seriously or try to take, because, and, and they're not so far anyway, at least what I've seen of it, they're not like, terrible towards religion mm -hmm. there it's it's they i it could it could change i haven't watched season two you're giving no sort of, of endorsement one. for season two but season one season one so far has been more about human engagement and uh, with god and and everything else it's, it's, it's really worth watching it's delightful and fun so. uh other quick hits on this one is that the missionaries are safe following the earthquake in haiti see that's the groundbreaking yeah yeah, no, that was the earth shattering. Oh, earth shattering. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked about the groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, um, 
I'm not sure if you've heard this or not, but leaders from the church urge members to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So that's, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a, apparently a story. And then lastly, and this is hopefully uh, an additional episode of the Cultural Hall in the future. I hit real big a couple weeks ago, and I know that there's a lot of people that have lots of feelings, uh, and we are not the people to talk about it. But I would encourage, as we look forward to having this episode in the future, uh, an episode about women and garments. Uh, the Mormon hippie at the Mormon hippie talked about it. The New York uh, Times picked it up. Uh, the notable quote from this uh, was this isn't bringing me closer to Christ, it's bringing me urinary tract infections, <laughs> one of the things that she said. Um, I would be curious uh, if people are willing to weigh in, email address says contact at theculturalhall.com, uh, to share with us, uh, first of all, if you would be willing to be a part of an episode about women in garments. Um, and obviously we'll be respectful to uh, the garments because we are a positive uh, show available in podcast form around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but to be able to talk about some of those concerns, also to be able to talk about some of the things that people have found to be able to help them, uh, different, whether that be uh, attitudes or uh, times, behaviors, those kind of things. Uh, we should not talk about them because neither of us, Andrew, are women. Are women. And nope, so I, I just... Yet I can tell you my wife gets annoyed that they don't have they don't have more options and that the options they have aren't always the best. And when, and every time she finds something she really likes, they discontinue it. And she gets, she gets really angry and I totally get it because we, we're men and they, I, I never have a problem with it. They have all the same kind of options they always have because they're kind of standard men things. That yep. They, they, yeah, we're, we're, we don't get it. So whether it's from just a slight annoyance uh, or an uh, inconvenience or something like that, or you have... Or you're getting tracked... Yeah, urinary, urinary tract, tract infections, infections uh, or, or beyond, things that maybe we haven't even touched on or that the New York Times article didn't touch on. We would love to hear from you. It's contact at theculturalhall.com. Uh, please reach out. If you want to be anonymous in your responses, uh, please be sure that you note somewhere within your correspondence that you would like to be anonymous. Otherwise, you can bet that I'll probably share it and forget your anonymity. We check in with our friend Kurt Frankum, who, you know, lovingly, he likes to read all of the pronouncements and announcements for the church, so I don't have to. And when there are changes to the handbook, uh, he comes in and tells us what is new. Welcome, uh, Rumi. Hey, pal. Hey. Good. You know, this is, I feel like this is sort of my secondary church calling. It's like, oh, something came out in the newsroom. I need to uh, step up and help Richie out here in the cultural hall. Well, it's interesting that you feel like this is only your secondary calling. I would think you would think it's your third and dairy calling. There's whatever your regular church calling is. Then there's uh -huh. your work with leading saints, which is where oh, okay. people may know you from. And then there's your third and dairy calling which okay. is coming here to explain to us the handbook changes. Touche. You've got me there. So yeah, my third and dairy, I think they call it tertiary. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Yeah, something could like be. that. Pictionary, I think is another yeah, that's thing that it. they call it. Yep. Yeah. Now that you yeah. say it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Purgatory. Yeah. No, that's what it is. It's your purgatorial calling. And uh, I, I've spent a f some time in the last uh, few weeks with Richie. We were roommates in Nashville. Yeah, learning, and, uh, how, learning how to be better podcasters. Boy, you think you know a guy. And then... <laughs> And then you room with them. Are you, and uh, you're not wow. gonna you're not gonna spill secrets, are you? Oh no, no. We remember that that blood pack we did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember Completely. spitting. I remember spitting in my hand, even amidst a global pandemic, and doing the handshake. <laughs> and I That's had right. to like grab your ankle to the, and we hopped around and said, you know, we are so happy we do the dance of joy. I'm not sure even what any of that was. 
<laughs> yeah, we did. It was a good time. We learned all sorts of things about podcasting. And uh, so you, you should see a, a, an increase in the cultural hall quality. Yeah. So far right? since they've since I've been home, they've seen a decrease in the amount of episodes because it's been overwhelming. <laughs> I was gone. I don't have as many in the bank and all that. It was uh, fun, though. The handbook changes, please. Yeah. Shall we jump into this? So please. this, uh, Richie, as you know, I think this is the third time we've met together to review significant handbook changes and the entire handbook. Well, I guess this first began in February of 2020. Um, man, change the, the handbook and the world turns upside down. It was a different world in February 2020. We all know <laughs> that. But uh, uh, so this is the by the end of this year, 2021, the entire handbook is expected to be updated in English. And uh, obviously, translations of the handbook will follow shortly after that. So hopefully, uh, I don't know, you know, there'll be updates here and there with uh, minor things that you'll hear through the newsroom that I'm sure will make it in the handbook. But this is something as they've sort of done, got given the old handbook a refresh. Now, so, now uh, let me ask you before you yeah. move forward. I When I read sort of the announcement about the changes, knowing that I needed to have you in, it, it seemed to hint towards me that there will be one more of these uh, upon completion, right? There's this is sort of three of four. Eighty percent of the sections have been revised, and and there's still stuff out there. Do you have any idea what the sections are that haven't been revised? Do we think that there might be anything within it? You know, I I am. It says here the uh, the entire handbook is supposed to be updated in English by the end of the year. This handbook revision, which began in February 2020, is being done in the direction yada yada. So I don't know. Maybe there's an after scene, after credit scene. I yeah. don't know. It but, seems uh, to me that it, it alluded to one more time after this. One more time. Yeah. I mean, and there, there's us members out there. We find reasons for them to add a few more paragraphs. We'll, <laughs> we'll find the loopholes, yeah. you know. It used so. to say, take your spouse unto you. And now it says, receive your spouse. That's right. And uh, now, Richie, we believe in the restoration of all things, and uh -huh. one of those things being the activities committee. Yay! Uh, chapter 20, which is all about activities, this rewritten chapter includes an option to organize a ward activities committee in large wards. So sorry, you branches and districts, or I don't know. Uh, so it clarifies instructions about single adult units holding activities on Monday night, updates instructions about multi-stake and area activities and updates policies for about the for the strength of youth conferences so uh, this is a good thing especially in you know very saturated areas as we find in utah i think an activities committee is awesome especially when there's a lot of people who don't have uh have traditional callings as they used to when did we get rid of them do you know because like oh, in my I, youth, we used to have the activities committee and that was sort of the joke that was the best calling to be in because it's just planning parties Right. You and, know, I, I I would guess maybe 2015, 16, maybe okay, is when okay. they dissolved that. And uh, yeah, so it's back if, if that's uh, something you feel inspired to do. And, and really, they sort of revamped uh, chapter 30, which is all about callings in the church. This rewritten chapter includes instructions that when possible, members should serve in callings long enough to establish strong relationships with those they serve. So uh, that's always uh, sage advice, keeping people in. Yeah, but in how college. long is that? That's what every member of the church went. Cool, right. vague. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> well, a they relationship. Do, they say, uh, let's see if I, I think I have it right here. So uh, as much as possible, uh, yeah, build strong relationships. Members may also need time to learn and grow in their responsibilities. This can be especially important for leaders of youth and children, as well as presidents of the Relief Society and Elders Quorum. The ideal length of service 
Drum roll, please. For leaders, for leaders varies. Okay, oh. so that was a little vague. But then it says, but two, <laughs> but two to five years are often sufficient. So okay, so for leaders and stuff, but for activities, I can be just like six months, right? You're yeah, the fall I, and winter activities committee chairperson. Yeah, yeah, six weeks if you need, or mm -hmm. maybe just try it a week. I don't yeah. know. I build relationships so. very fast, so I don't need much time. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, Bishop Ricks and State Presidencies can now have as many as two assistant executive secretaries. I mean, you get an executive secretary and you get an executive secretary. It's uh, everybody's going to be an executive secretary. It's going to be good things, which I found sort of interesting because, you know, there's been more and more uh, of an effort to put more responsibility on elders, quorums and relief societies. So right. you would think that maybe the the load is lighter for those executive secretaries, but that option is there nonetheless. Well, I think it probably speaks to the lessening the load for the bishops, right? If they have two secretaries, it can be one who is making the appointments and the other who is following up on all the administrative things throughout the world. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I'd love to hear how people are maybe getting creative with calling it additional executive secretaries. So, and then there's a some uh, mention around the title of political and civic activities. So even when the church takes positions on political matters, the section says the church does not ask elected officials to vote a certain way or to take certain positions. This has been a common criticism here in Utah, especially as much of the you know local legislature is a latter day you know has a latter day same background. Uh, members who are elected uh, officials may make their own decisions. These officials might not agree with one another or with publicly stated church positions. They do not speak for the church. So there's some immunity maybe has uh, hmm. Hmm. some political leaders that serve there. And uh, the section also mentions political choices and affiliation should not be the subject of any teachings or advocating in church settings. I mean, but we're all Republicans, right? Am oh, yeah. I right? I mean, Who's come on. with me? It goes without saying. Who's with me? Yeah. yeah. That kind of I stuff. Wear, yeah, I'll, have, I'll wear my Mitt Romney tie every week, you know, has his <laughs> face on it. Uh, all should feel welcome in church settings. So even you, Richie, you and your crazy conservative views, yeah, you well, are listen, welcome. I am, I am so right wing, I cannot handle it. I've basically doubled backed on myself because I'm so right wing, <laughs> it becomes a left wing. Right, right. And then uh, there's a mention to, uh, and this probably you don't realize how tricky this gets, uh, maybe unless you're involved with some of the administrative duties of, of running a ward, but local leaders are instructed not to store or share confidential church information outside of church provided applications, systems, or internet services. Hmm. And this is interesting because uh, I don't, and maybe they've updated some of the apps since I've served as a bishop. That's right, Richie, I've been a bishop. Yeah, no, I heard that. that. I heard you drop yeah. that. Mm -hmm. How many yeah. times have you served, Kurt? Oh, you know, I, I've lost count. But uh, <laughs> but one thing, you know, serving as bishop, you meet with a lot of people, deal with a lot of uh, confidential information, and especially those that maybe uh, result in a in a church court, or no, that's the, the church, a membership council. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. That's what we call it now, right? Membership council. Obviously, there's a lot of details and information that I don't want. I didn't never wanted the person to have to regurgitate that time and time and time again. So I had a, a confidential note system process that I would follow, but the church applications don't, at least at that time, didn't uh, 
create a place where I could put that information. So like I had a, to make like sure a Google like, Docs is what you're trying to say, right? Right. I didn't use Google Docs. That's maybe not as a uh, as uh, secure as right. some may say. Right. But but, th- but um, that's sort of the issue is that people were keeping right. stuff in like Evernote or Google Docs or these things, and the right. church is saying, "Don't do that." Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but hopefully they have, they've provided a place to put that because there is no place, hmm. at least when I serve. So, uh, but good. Th- these are things you know in 2021. These are the issues that come up. So. In section uh, chapter 38, which was previously called dating or getting acquainted businesses for single members is now just called, it's now just called businesses, ah. Richie, because not only do dating uh, uh, services need explaining, but now all businesses do. Sure. But this is interesting because it says church meeting houses and other s- facilities, uh, church meetings and classes and church websites and social media channels may not be used to promote any business or non-church entity. So this is interesting, Richie, because I'm sure you get these texts as well, but every once in a while, I'll get a text from a random friend or somebody in the Leading Saints audience that says, hey, someone just mentioned this episode of Leading Saints in Relief Society or over the the pulpit and things, which I always appreciate, you know, some encouragement, check it out, but uh, maybe wait till after the meeting and and mention these things. But uh, so yeah, just, uh, you know, but I don't don't think it's much like that. You don't, I don't think it's that that's what they're talking about. It's things like I went to mutual the app where you can, if you use my code, get yourself, you know, your free first month or whatever the thing is. Leave, leave your essential oils at home, Richie. That's what, that's what we're saying. Where am I going to put my diffuser? (laughs) Pass them around. Well, let's let's I get can some smell lavender things going. through my mask. I just wish people would. Right. So those are the big ones, and those are just finalizing. You know, things like the that the policy about marriage in the temple for time only. Like they're just you know formalizing that in the handbook and making sure that's there. So that's the rundown of the handbook updates. And let's see if I get back to the culture all to, to share more of the next update. People can find you over at leadingsaints.org because you're the nonprofit, the five hundred one c three. Yep. Send us your money. We take it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a donate <laughs> button there. Hey, and they do uh, cool summits all the time. Uh, most recently, you did one about mental, mental health, health. Right. Yes. But have done ones about like LGBTQ issues. Uh, you've done one about uh, pornography. Teaching, questioning saints, like uh, helping people who question uh, their their beliefs and whatnot. So, do, you, yeah. do you have uh, the, t- the subject for the next one yet? Yes. Uh, next, let's see, in September, it should be launching and it's going to be called Single Saints. Yeah. So we're talking about all the complexities of being a single Latter-day Saint. And I guess I'm, I'm doing actually a handful of interviews this week to uh, for, for that summit. So it should be a good one. I'm good. excited. To I look learn. forward to help uh, promote that, if you know what that means. As Absolutely. There's a link to you. Uh, thanks right. for being with us, Kurt. Thank you. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, Brother Brent, and Chocolate Cake Bites podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.